Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Uneducated Rugby Podcast with me, Karen Harris. Lucy Jones is with me as always and this week's guest, Yestin Thomas. It's great to have you on, Yestin. Uh, obviously, we've had a few back and forths on Twitter. Everyone's given their two pence. Um, so, you know, a bit, bit about yourself. You're, you've grown up in the sort of Ospreys country but now have no affiliation, as you said. So what, what's your inspiration with going into rugby journalism then? Um, love the Ospreys, obviously. So, hello, and thank you for having me on. That'd be a good start. Um, <laughs> with my um, with my long ramble, I didn't give you much chance yeah. to say that. To be fair. <laughs> um. Well, obviously, we grew up in the Ospreys region, so like they took Paramount and uh, many other regions. Were like, okay. So I just went to the Ospreys, <laughs> and um, I was growing up. Then I started writing on my blog, and then. Uh, uh, but obviously, I still I'll still go down to watch the Ospreys now and again. Still got my season ticket. <laughs> Ma- man after my own heart, black in the blood and all that sort of stuff. I, I don't know. I don't know if we're yeah. Black in the blood brings back terrible memories of that Gareth Anscombe video. Do you remember that the uh, the blood transfusion with the blue blood coming out and the black blood going in? Oh, that was the highlight of the Ospreys career. Yeah. <laughs> So far, That's so far, so there's, there's still time yet, Luke. There's still time. He's still. Yeah, but I'm sat here now with two Osprey supporters. Yeah, well, yeah, you've got to get cheap shots in because there's going to be a few cheap shots against Scarlett's form in a bit, I suspect. Um, <sighs> look, we're we're out of Six Nations, but yes, then you wanted to talk briefly. You said about Italy's performance last weekend because you're you've got an obsession with Italian rugby. You were telling us. Um. Yeah. Obviously. Because of Italy, everyone thinks, oh, they're rubbish, or everyone thinks, oh, let's get Georgia into the Six Nations. But um, Italy kind of proved everyone wrong last week, and I was kind of happy to see it. And the fact that I couldn't go to the game, like, dad had tickets, so you have to watch who's <laughs> to Italy. And, um, yeah, I just, I'm just just a massive fan of Paolo Garbisi. And then, obviously, the Bruce is just something else. And um, Michele Ramo hits anyone and anything. Um, yeah, full credit to Italy for last weekend, but uh, less said about Wales, the better. Yeah, less said about Wales, the better. We'll, we'll, we probably went on about Wales quite a lot last week and didn't give Italy as much credit as we should have. And I think the one thing I was talk, talking pre-pod was Italy's exits were brilliant. Like, normally, Italy's exits, you can expect a penalty or something for a stupid offside, like because they normally throw it back to Garbisi to kick long and then the... the the forwards are chasing up ahead of when they should be, but Montiuani was blitzing the chick- kick chase to make sure everyone was on side. Um, just little things like they didn't give Wales any easy outs, any easy opportunities, and like yeah, yeah, I think the best thing is they sort of out Wales Wales last week. Is they were they were brilliant, but they were consistent and they stopped Wales playing. Um, well, you know, a few highlights for for, for you. You mentioned. Got BC and and Lamarow, but I thought Brex that tackle on LRZ as well. Yestin, how how impressed were you with him throughout the championship? Yeah, I remember one of my mates coming up to me before the game last Saturday saying, "Oh, we have to worry about the thirteen channel because as much as Breck is very good knowledge wise, can tackle." And then uh, I, w- I walked in Monday morning to see him, and I showed them that clip of the uh, <laughs> of the. Uh, of the uh, tough tackle that he did, I was like, "What? Oh, a broken tackle?" <laughs> a very good uh, defensive tackle in Italy. Yeah. And um, I kind, of, I kind of worried the scrum half as well when Varney was um, 
ruled that the remainder of the tournament after the Ireland game. But um, Callum Braley, I thought, was very, very impressive on Saturday. Really and, stepped uh, up, didn't he? Yeah, I think I think he's off yeah, to he I think he's off to the Premiership next season, or is he off? Was he off to Italy? Have I mixed that one up? Is he? I can't remember if he's going or. He, ca- were, he went. He went to Barrington. Now he's coming back to Northampton. Thank so, you. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's a good signing for Northampton. Um, they need. Uh, they probably could do with a controlling nine to go with Mitchell, who's the right live wire. Um, so that's a good balance for them. Luce, I did make a joke earlier that uh, Luca Bigi was the man who missed the tackle of Josh Adams, which it gets a cheap shot in on Luca Bigi, which I enjoyed. Um, but let's let's move it forward. Let's look to this coming weekend. We've got URC action. We've also got the Wales women. Uh, let's go to the URC first and let's look at Friday night's game with Ospreys travelling to Lions. Um, Ospreys have gone with the same team that beat Zebra, but I say beat with a slight... Oh, yeah. tone of depression because they didn't manage a bonus point at home to the to Zebren. Luce, how disappointing was that a couple of weeks ago? And do you think that team will need to put a real performance in now? But two weeks ago that was the Sunday game, wasn't it? After just a miserable weekend for Welsh rugby? Or did, no, that, that was the weekend Scarlet's one, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I think Again, so. Other than that, I think we expected Ospreys to finish the weekend off on a high, beat Zebra. And I just remember watching that game, it's been like, what's going on? Yeah. Like, they're at home, expected to um, win with a bonus point. And I don't know, they just had no shape, they had no form. Um and this began now. They've travelled to South Africa, and that's definitely not what they needed before going over there. No, it's not. And the the trip to South Africa is going to be a very difficult one. I think no side in the USC has won in South Africa this season. I think Tony Booth said, and yeah. Ospreys have gone without the Welsh players, so no. Alwyn Jones, uh, Jack Morgan, Anscombe, Beard, Thomas Lake, Watkin, Francis, Cuthbert. I'm surprised that Jack Morgan especially and Gareth Anscombe aren't playing, perhaps. You know, they didn't have the, a lot of game time with Wales yesterday. Are you surprised not to see them on that trip to South Africa? Um, obviously, by the time they'd have flown out and, and got themselves used to whatever conditions South Africa bring. But... Um, you think, oh, maybe you could have one or two, but seeing the full list is like, okay, you just got to get on with that. Yeah. And um, going back to the Zebra game, and I just want to appreciate Liam Mitchell again for for his try, where he just dummied everyone to, to, to the stands, really, and just went under the post, which is, well, it caught my eye anyway. But yeah. No, it was, it was very good. impressive. It was, it was a good moment. Um, but I still feel Osprey should be getting a bonus point at home to... To Zebra, I don't know if you feel oh, similarly. Yeah. I, I don't think that's disrespectful, or maybe, maybe maybe it is. But Ospreys this season, right? They've they've got seven wins, Ospreys, and they're in ninth in the table. They've got one more win than Bulls that are that are ahead of them. They've got another. They've got a win more than Stormers. Okay, Stormers have two draws, but Ospreys have got the same amount of wins as Edinburgh in fifth. Now, yes, Edinburgh have got a draw, but all this positivity you've heard around. Mike Blair, Mike Blair being the the next Scotland coach, I've heard a lot of times and things like that. You know, Ospreys have two bonus points this season. 
That's 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 not a great in seven wins and done two bonus points and yes, then what? How is it? Is it just as simple as saying they haven't got the backs? Is it? Is it just the fact that the attack's not there? What What do you think's going wrong with the Ospreys? Well, I'm not really sure because the the backs are just obviously it doesn't help with well, despite the experience of Meyer and Webb, it doesn't really help that they're not as young as what they used to be. Um, but then looking back at the zebra again, I think I watched it on the Monday or at some point during the week after. And um, after the the twenty one lineouts, I think the Ospreys threw three of them were misfired, and two of them were on the five meter line. There's just little little things to work on, and obviously looking back at this season, last season, the lineup was a real issue. But then last Sunday they had that sorted, and then when they got to the to the zebra line, the five meters, they just forgot to jump, and the lineup wasn't inconsistent. And um, and looking back to your bonus point things, I think my player has done a good job at Edinburgh. I'm not, not going to say that he hasn't because they're chucking the ball around like Barbara's stuff. Yes. But um, the Ospreys, if they want to get their backs going, they need to have a dominant pack. And we've seen the dominant pack the majority of the season. Look at the wins against the Irish side. Um, they, they, they'll tell you that, that the pack is there. But the backs are just no, obviously they've lost Matt Father from the South Africa trip because he's got COVID, which is a huge loss, really, if you're looking at the Oscars attack, because you, you just give the ball to him and he just does anything. Yeah. But um, they just need to find a way to make sure that they can get front football. Obviously, Kieran Williams' off first phase is just a must. But then what they do after that is second phase, first phase. They just, they just need to work on that. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think the Kieran Williams is yeah. I I love Kieran Williams. I really think he's a good player. But it seems that that is the only tactic, and he gets to sixty minutes, and he's he's made a few dents up until that point, and then it gets to sixty minutes, and they're waiting for him. Got three players around him waiting for him, and that's what happened against Zebra. And out of out of interest, do either of you know who Ospreys have had bonus points against this season? One's a losing bonus point, and one's a winning. Losing bonus points against Dallas, Dallas yeah. and winning bonus points against Ben's away. Ah, straight. Made a really good try saving to tackle a monkey, Ronnie. Yeah, straight away, yesterday. Mm. Fair play. Uh, Still more research than me for this. Yeah, I'm, I'm slightly worried. We, we, Luce, we don't need to do any quizzes or anything with yesterday. Not I, today. I, well, yeah, yeah. I might I, I, something now. I, I like keeping my winning streak going, to be honest. Um, oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. We'll leave it. Um, <laughs> we, <laughs> we don't have one prepared to be fair, Yastin. But we'll we'll have you on some other time and do a quiz because I do like to to test my knowledge out to be fair as well. So, um, but yeah, I think it's going to be tough. The Ospreys um, out there. Um, you, we've seen how many tries the Lions have scored in recent games. We saw, you know. So against uh, Scarlet, wasn't it? Or was it Cardiff? Sorry, Cardiff. Um, it was Cardiff, yeah. And, yeah. They, and they um, beat Manchester as well. Exactly. Uh, how how do you see that one going, Lucy? Do you, do you fancy Ospreys' chances? No. <laughs> to be frank, no, I don't. Um, after how Cardiff and Scarlet performed out there, I know they're totally different teams now, Ospreys and Dragons going over there. But I said I feel a tough to beat at home. Mm. Really tough. Munster scr- struggled over there. Of course, Zebra scr- struggled. Um, 
it's it's going to be a tough gig for Ospreys, considering they don't have any of the international players. Yeah, and I I think Ospreys, the conditions aren't going to suit them. Ospreys like a tight, awful yeah. weather game, and, and when it's going to be dry and quick paced rugby, that's it's not really the Ospreys' bag. And you look at when Ospreys have struggled this season, out in Connacht, when Connacht threw the ball around in that first half, even though it was terrible conditions, Connacht threw the ball around, didn't they, to, to just keep hold of the ball, and Ospreys really struggled in that game. Um, I I don't see an Ospreys win, yes, then Can you offer any ray of positivity or no? Uh, the only positive thing I could think of was um, the way that Edinburgh chucked the ball around against Cardiff and the following week they just did nothing against the Ospreys except for getting their conversions charged out. But um, it's obviously going to be tough in South Africa because um, I don't think I can order any sprinters to get over the field in time. And, <laughs> um, and I, I, just, I, I, can't, I can't see the Ospreys winning, unfortunately. But... Um, it's just going to be really tough. And the Lions' backs know the play. Obviously, Maxwane, if he's still fit or not, I'm not entirely sure on that one. But I remember him playing for the Cheetahs, and uh, he's—I he, think he was top try scorer before the before COVID came along. And um, and yeah, the Lions—you know—they know where to play. If the Ospreys can match him up front, then it's going to be a bit closer. If it's a downfall of rain, then anything could happen. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you on the downfall of rain. I, I may be performing a rain dance tomorrow afternoon, um, <laughs> which just seems, seems to be a growing theme with me because I wanted yeah. one before. Was it Wales, France? I was doing a rain dance yeah. as well. Um, let's, let's move on from Ospreys then. Let's look at Scarlet, who are travelling to Zebra. Right, uh, Luce, how, how desperately do Scarlet need a win, really, is the first question. Well, when they play Glasgow... They desperately needed a win, and they got a win, and that then helped them with confidence heading over to South Africa. Um, who did we play the first game against? That was against Bulls the second. Sharks, that was oh. the first game. So, yeah, against... Well, well done. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, against Colisima, Pimpi and Co. We performed well, and we should have won. We really should have won. Um, first half. We, we've spoken about this before, but... Um, like Steph Evans should have scored. Like we just should have won that game. Uh, I think there was a touchdown by Costello, mm. which wasn't awarded. So then heading into the second game against Bulls, I don't know what happened. No, um, I haven't actually watched the game, and I was going to watch it back. But then I saw the score, <laughs> and I decided not to watch it back. <laughs> too much, too much pain in too in too short yeah. period, probably as a as a Wales fan. But yeah. yesterday, did you watch? Did you watch the Bulls game? I saw bits of it. Yeah. I remember watching the Sharks game in Cardiff. I was waiting for Wales fans to happen. Yeah. But, um, I watched. I watched the Bulls. I watched a bit of the Bulls game. I think I saw the first half, and I have to. I have to. I have to be able to for the second half. I don't know. I don't know what happened. But. Um, um, the first half, it was just a lot worse, I think. Yeah. The first it was half, in there for the first half. The first half is just really weird. You felt like, oh, okay, then in this game, then all of a sudden the Bulls just do some offload thing and they score in the pause. I'm like, oh, okay, we give it some time. Then a couple of minutes later, they scored three tries. And again, where's that come from? And um, obviously the Bulls were just completely bullish against. 
Scarlet. Not even Callum Fawny could. Uh, <laughs> Is that, is, is that a prepared that... pun, by the way, yes, then? Bulls were bullish. Is that prepared at all? Um, <laughs> I, would like to say, I would like to say yes, but I'd probably want to say no. Like to say no. <laughs> Go on, Liz, sorry, what were you going to say? No, that, that Bulls side, they had two internationals in it, and that's it. Mm. Um, scouts, obviously, all the internationals weren't there, but they've, they still had a lot of experience and... <laughs> against Zebra now away after Oscar's performance against them I'm actually a bit worried but we should be fine we should be able to beat them um, I can't see us really getting a bonus point at the moment do you know if there's anyone back from the international our capitalism and in fact I'm, I'm not sure. Sh- I'm not sure on Scarlet because I was thinking about this. I would suspect Ryan Elias will be rested. I wouldn't. Sus- yeah. I wouldn't expect him to play. I would, likewise, Win Jones is probably likely to be rested. Yeah. Um, I'd be surprised if we saw McNichol or Liam, considering the strength and depth Scarlet have in that back three. You know, with you know, a quick word for Brian Combier re-signing, which is great news for Scarlet. Absolutely superb news because. I I really love watching him play, um, and you know you've also got Tom Rogers, Joa Nicholas, uh, etc. Steph as well, um, and like you mentioned, Foxy. I wouldn't be surprised to see one of Gareth or Hardy play. Although I'm not. Um, Hardy is in Dubai. Hardy's in Dubai. So yes. I, yeah, it's all right for some, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I can't really imagine Gareth playing either. No. But you've got uh, yeah. you've got Dane obviously who is quality operator yeah. and I really like Dane. Um, look, I for Scarlets it's going to be tough because you know Zebra. I know not many of the Zebra team were in that Italy side that beat Wales in Cardiff, but it's still going to have a bounce on in, impact that they're going to be really they're going to have their tails up, excited, yeah. really going to fancy their chances at home and trying to get off the board with a first win. Yes, then. How do you fancy it? Do you fancy Scarlet or no? Um, I'd say yes, but um, uh, I will say yes. And um, I just remember the Ospreys being up there last season and losing. <laughs> with, uh, that that happened when uh, Zebra went went down a win, and um, and uh, yeah, it was kind of like just oh okay, the Ospreys have lost, but I think Scarlet still have a better chance. Obviously, if the internationals win the way in Dubai, they might have even better chance. But obviously, Zebra are a good are a good side, despite what the league table says. But I think Scarlets will have enough. Yeah, agreed. Okay. I, I, okay. I I just about I think they they it'll be a close one though. I think they might see it through. Uh, Cardiff hosting Glasgow. Well, I I give it up predicting Cardiff's form because I I couldn't <laughs> and Glasgow pretty similarly. But Cardiff are, are hopeless to predict because. One week they'll produce moments of magic against Leinster at home, and the next week they will be absolutely trounced. And yes, then is is it as simple as saying that Cardiff got a a relatively young side, or is it probably probably not even that? Probably just based around the fact that if they've got a dominant pack, which they very rarely do, they win, but otherwise they struggle. Um. Yeah, they drugged Dimitri off with that blue blood, as you mentioned at the start of the podcast. And, um, but it's really, really is weird with Cardiff. Because I got, there's a friend that follows me on Twitter, and, um, and 
think they said, oh, during the Stormers game, well, this, this really did some up Cardiff State. And then you were playing, thinking, season, I was thinking, hang on, beaten Leinster a couple of weeks ago. And that Leinster side wasn't, wasn't that bad. Yeah. And, um, and my next point was about Glasgow. And um, I thought Glasgow, when they played Scarlett a few weeks ago, they, they played really well for half hour. Yeah. Then, yeah. then Scarlett do what Scarlett do best. They not playing very well for half an hour, then score first phase just before half time. And Scarlett did that, and Scarlett got themselves back in the game and eventually won. So it's really, really hard to predict this game. Yeah. I, I haven't got a clue which way it's going to go, to be honest. Um, I'd like to say... I'd like to see Cardiff win be, because I think they need it. And also, I don't think this Glasgow side are that great. And I think a lot of Scottish fans would agree. I, I know a lot of Scottish fans, especially Glasgow fans, who aren't great fans of Danny Wilson at the moment. And... He's getting a heck of a lot of criticism, despite being above Edinburgh in the table, and I think that yeah, I think they're third in the table currently. So, um, but C- Cardiff, the side obviously we d- we don't have the sides out. We're recording this on Thursday, but we are likely to see the likes of Hallahall and Navidi, Jenkins, Carey, Lewis, and Ratty at some stage. I think they're all they've all been deemed available for Cardiff. Um, I think it's only Adams and Seb and Thomas Williams who are unavailable. Uh, I, I know Seb and Adams are on holiday. I think Adams also in Dubai. Adams is also in Dubai and Seb. I, I'm not. I can't remember where Seb is. I did see a, a lovely video of him and his his little one, but I can't remember where he is. Um, but it'll be interesting to see Cardiff. I do want to touch on something else quickly before we move on from Cardiff, which is which came out yesterday, which is. The Alid Summerhill moment. Um, if you haven't seen it, uh, Alid Summerhill goes in for a tackle against the Lions. He's buffed off. He's seemingly knocked unconscious, has to go off for HIA, obviously fails the HIA, is now missing with concussion. I think he's currently on track to return this weekend with his return to play protocols. But the Lions, the URC, sorry, then posted this on TikTok with a caption of Zed's popping off his head saying good night and sort of laughing, joking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Look, first and foremost, that's a horrendous error by whoever's. I think it, I think, I think the uh, CEO of URC came out and said that it was outsourced, wasn't it, to a, to another company to do their social media. Loose, you know, We've talked about concussion and, and all these things before, but it's the same old stories that people aren't taking it seriously. No. Um, and you'd think after Thomas Francis's incident, there's so much talks, just in the whole like, rugby world, um, just focusing on that moment. And, well, we saw the footage, we've spoken about it, and he returned. Then, yeah, you joke about it again. Mm. And it's, again, back in the rugby world, people talking about it. I don't know. Um, it, like you said, people need to take it seriously. And it's like everyone does. And then someone does a silly thing. And it seems genuinely like it's the, the buzzword for one week and then it goes off. Like we saw how great Luke Pierce was with Ignacio Brex in that game, you know, making sure he stayed down, etc. You know, Brex ends up being fine. But 
that was brilliant refereeing from Luke Pierce. And then yeah. we're talking two weeks later, it's like that hasn't happened. And Yastin, what do you think of the response? You know, it was, in fairness, it has been taken down and all these things. But do you think it's a simple case of, you know, why on earth has that gone up in the first place? Um, yeah, I think that would be the answer to that question because the URC kind of did apologise on Twitter to come help. Despite the CEO not saying that, I think if I remember reading the tweet correctly. Yeah, it's, then, not, um, it's, it's an acknowledgement of error rather than a, an yeah. apology, quite, isn't it? Yeah. And then, and then the statement then, I think it's a statement that came out from the URC this afternoon, uh, acknowledging the, the, the apology then to Summerhill. But it's just, it's why you get to it now, especially after what Luke Pierce did with Nacho Brett. Uh, that was like, oh, okay. We will take concussion seriously. And then you will see do that and you're thinking like, really? Really do you have to do that? It just annoys people because I'm pretty sure in South Africa there's a second row that's one of the provincial sites in the Karika had to retire from concussion age of 24. Something like that a couple of weeks ago. Mm. I can't remember the name. It's escaped my head. No. But, but, um, but yeah, you know, you see instances like that, like, Someone that's 24 years old retiring from concussion, you know it's pretty serious. And um, I still don't think World Rugby have got that right. The seven days that's been played protocol, I think that needs to be a little bit longer. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think I think that needs to be a little bit longer, and I think certain other things need to be looked at, such as you know how many concussions over a short period of time you know we're looking at James Ryan a year and a half five concussions I think it is that's 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 not a good sign you know if you're you're breaking your hand five times in in an 18-month period you're you're obviously taking a longer spell out so that you can fully recover I don't know if concussions can fully recover that's another question entirely but to give it the best chance surely give it a rest um yeah I think I think we've dealt with that it's it's not it's not great i do want to say though quickly before we move on all the talk of this being urc is a terrible league and all that sort of stuff as a result i don't think that's applicable i just will say i think a lot of people have jumped on that bandwagon to sort of criticize the urc as a terrible league because of this instance where this is an error of judgment made by a separate party by the sounds of it but i don't i don't think you can just blame that solely on the urc do you agree with that yes then um yeah, obviously, the URC isn't perfect, is it? it is, no. There's quite a few flaws with the URC. And, uh, but, obviously, if they said that it's taken out of, taken out of their hands what they upload on TikTok or what they upload on other social medias, then, obviously, you kind of just have to go along with it. Obviously, you know, it looks bad when you see the URC have done something like that. They might not be able to their, their control. Obviously, maybe the person that's, Doing that, they might not know what, what even, what even rugby is half the time. They just think, oh, that's a big collision. Let's post that on the TikTok. Mm-hmm. They'll get viewers and stuff. It's completely at the URC hands. Obviously, if it's if it is from the other party, then blame lies on that. Yeah, I agree. I think the only thing I would say is I don't know who the third party is. Maybe the third party does MMA, UFC, and boxing, and they th- those would have been that would have been applicable there. You know that if, yeah. if you see that there, you 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 know again, it's not quite right, but it's a bit more part of the game, part of the sport. It's not part of rugby. You're not trying to knock the opponent out. 
And um, I think that's the one thing. The other thing I'd say is maybe all it needs is someone at URC to sense check, to say, look, can we just sense check stuff before you post? Yeah. yeah. Problem done, yeah. maybe. I don't know. Um, but yeah, let, let's move on. Let's move to the final game, which is... Um, I think this is on the Sun. Uh, no, this is also on the Saturday. Sorry, there's one game on the Friday and three on the Saturday. Uh, Dragons traveling to Bulls. Um, I'm trying to say it with any right. I'm going to try and say this with some hope because Ben Carter's going. Leon Brown is 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 gone. Elliot D. Ollie Griffiths. Rodri Williams. Um, I think Sam Davis is there. But again. There are so many players missing for Dragons. You've got the whole back row. You've got Moriarty, Basham, Wainwright not playing. I know they're not international, but Aaron Owen isn't playing. He's become crucial for them because he's injured. Uh, Jonah Holmes is out. Um, you know, I think Ashton Hewitt is on his way back but, and has gone. But I think, uh, to quote them, it's more of a recovery and integration back into the setup situation rather than aim to play. Lewis, how difficult is it going to be for the Dragons out in in Bulls? So, you know, we've saw how successful the Bulls were, but Dragons, minus so many players, it's going to be nigh on impossible, surely. Very tough. <laughs> um, like, I feel like I'm speaking speak so negatively about Dragons all season, but like, there's not much positive happened. No. Yeah, they just haven't been delivering this year. Uh, and now... I think they've won one game, isn't it? Yeah. Right at the start of the season. One win, and, one draw. Yeah, and well, they're obviously close to beating Leinster at home as well. But that feels like so long ago now, and nothing is happening for them. Um, and it'd be great if they can deliver a, a good result. Maybe not a win, but be close. But uh, I think they're going to run away with it. Both games. Yeah, I, I, I can't. I can't see anything else happening i i'm struggling to see the positives for for dragons you know they, there's there's a lot of bad things coming out of dragons recently as well yes and it's not you know it's not just the performances are bad there's there's a lot of seemingly bad blood behind the scenes yeah and i just want to look back to the start of the season because they gave the offers really game yeah just got what tactics were in the second half they lost to a point by leinster which is Good result. Then they beat Connor the way, which is oh, they, a very good result. They were superb. And then they, they were very good away, Connor. And then the following week, you think, oh, they're going to back this up. Then they lose at home to Stormers. You kind of think, oh, okay, give them a couple of weeks to develop. Then they just, it's, it's all gone completely wrong. Mm. And with what I've heard from, what you can hear from the Dragons camp, it feels like the players are just. They're just not willing to, to really try. And Dean Ryan has done a very good job with what he's done. He's kind of built them up. But I'm not really sure if he can build them up a little bit more to become that that, that restaurant of the league. But I'm not sure if the players are going to be fully right there. They're thinking, oh, OK, we've reached this landmark, but we really want to continue up and go further. And I think that's what the real issue is with the guys and do you uh, let's let's deal with Dean Ryan because I, I don't know, Luce. Have we have we actually spoken? I don't think we've spoken on the pod about the 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 Tavis Nile situation and the interview because yeah. you know we've got to mention it. 
because we, we let it go because it was Six Nations. But his comments on Jonathan, obviously, you know, there is a slight element possibly of a bitter ex-employee about it. You, you, I'm, I'm not, not saying he is, but th- there is that suggestion that you, if it was any other walk of life, you'd say, or oh, possibly it's the ex-employee giving bad words behind their back now that he's gone. Do you think those comments were justified, Yestin? You know, particularly the one saying there's too many English in charge, I thought was a bit, a bit strange. But it, by the sounds of what he's saying, it's, we're a couple of weeks away from civil revolt. Yeah, it feels like there's going to be a World War Three run new book. <laughs> bizarre. I hope and, so. um, uh, well, I really do not know what's going on down there. Obviously, Noel's comments just added even more fuel to the fire that was already burning. And then they went up the Munster, and, well, that was just oh. massacre levels of defeat. That Our was enemies. really well, yeah. But if we look at the squad, there's... Really good players in that, obviously, but they're just not clicking. I, I've felt a little bit for a while that people have blown out of proportion the Dragon Squad. Um, you know, I remember a couple of seasons ago, people were talking a lot about the players that they brought in, and they brought in a, an international front row, and that international front row was Bevington, Hibbard, and Jarvis. Now, I don't mean to be disrespectful to those three players, but they were the wrong side of their careers. I think everyone could have told you that. Um, I've said before, I don't know how Jarvis got his deal to Claremont. <laughs> he must have had the best agent this going. But, you know, I think I think now, you know, similar situation to, to Cardiff, actually. They've got a great back row. They've got some good backs, but they, the type five needs a bit of a bit of work. I think that's the case. And, you know, they've obviously lost... In the last couple of seasons, Corey Hill and they've lost Matthew Screech. Those have been big losses for them. Although Will Rowland's coming in, Ben Carter, that's a good second row partnership. Um, I I don't know what's going on. Do I think Dean Ryan's the right man? I'm not sure on that anymore. I thought initially he'd done a good job to sort of stabilise the ship because you know what had come before hadn't really done a good job, but Jackman, etc. Um, but currently... It looks. It looks like he's. I. I. I don't. I think he might see out the season, but I don't see him going on beyond the season. Is that is that a fair st- suggestion, Luce? Ah, uh, yeah, I think it is. Unless um, they improve over the next few weeks now, uh, I think he might stay um, because he, overall he have done a good job for maybe what that team can deliver at the moment. I don't know, but that that's all down to if they improve. And if they deliver out of South Africa. Yeah. And the other thing on it is, I think we saw his, it was his interview after the Munster game, that might have been yesterday, wasn't it? Didn't he say, oh, it's my fault. I'm not good enough or something. Was And that sounded almost like a resigned sense from him. Yeah, he kind of took the blame on himself for the, for the Munster defeat. Even though they conceded, was it 10 tries? Yeah. 10 tries. So just one penalty, and obviously you don't really think that all falls down on Dean Ryan's shoulders. shoulders. Listen again, there must be something going on because I don't think Ryan would have said that. But I just—it's it's a really, really weird patch, and hopefully South Africa can kind of just get the squad back together. Obviously, they've—they brought up Will Reed as a, a young player. Um, 
I know he's, he could be at the regional level, but I'm not sure if he'll be able to push for Sam and battle out for the playoff spot. But then, he needs some competition. Yeah, obviously they signed JJ Hanrahan, which is yeah. a good sign then. Obviously, we don't know what's happened since he's going to have to claim on. But um, so that's a good sign then. That's some competition that they really needed. But I think, obviously, on paper, the first team is quite good. They just need to add. Yeah. You need to add to that. They need to build, build a second team. Obviously, back row, they're kind of very blessed with Harrison Keddy, Ollie Griffiths. Now, those two are very good back rowers. Ben Fry as well. Three, I really like Ben Fry. Fry. Yeah. For the three to come along that, is, is back row is set. But then the rest of the position is thinking, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you just need to look at Hooker. I think they've got Taylor Davis on loan from Scarlett. So, you know, I think that's, you know, I, I like Taylor Davis and no disrespect to him at all, but the fact they're loaning in plays, I think they've got, still got, has Lewis Jones gone out with them? This I think he's gone out with them again. And, yes, yeah. He has, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and that's, you know, he he wasn't getting t- game time at Cardiff and then's loaned out and all this sort of thing. So it's a bit strange. Um, you know, Contracts at Dragons are going to be difficult over the summer. You know, I've just seen that Jonah Holmes is looking like he's probably out the door with, I think he had an appeal due to his pay structure to Neestin and that's been refused. It'd be a shame to lose him from Welsh rugby because he has been one hell of a finisher for the Dragons over the last couple of years, hasn't he? Yeah, he is, he is a very good player and obviously whatever's happened with him in Welsh camp, I think that's the main reason yeah. the why he's turned down this deal because whatever happened in the summer to it, obviously... We don't know what happened in that summer tour to an extent, but it just feels like that ever since that, it's kind of gone off the boil a little bit. River Garden obviously didn't get picked for the autumn, and then the Six Nations, he, you know, I don't think many people mentioned him as much as they did in the autumn. He has been injured quite a bit, hasn't he, over the last month, couple of months. So I think that's been partly why he's sort of slipped slipped down the pecking order I suppose and a lot of as well the form of Owen Lane probably propped him up ahead of of Jonah which meant that when people were looking at those back three positions they probably were screaming for Owen Lane more than Jonah but likewise I I don't know what happened because Jonah's form at the start of the season was incredible and you mentioned that Connacht victory he was brilliant as well as as Jordan Williams so um, it's a real shame Um, I, I, I don't want to lose him from Welsh rugby but you know if 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 he's not getting the deal that he thinks he deserves, then maybe it's best for him to to move on. Sadly, um, I did mention Jordan Williams, and I think he may have a brilliant time in South Africa. His hard hard pitches may suit him, but yeah, defensively he may have a, quite a bit of work to do, which which isn't always the strength of his game. Uh, let's let's move let's change track completely now, and let's go to the women's Six Nations. Right, loose. There's. There's a lot to talk about here because last season Six Nations was a bit strange. Obviously, there were two different pools. It was two pools of three. I think Wales only played three games. There was a round robin where they they lost to Ireland, I think it was, and they lost to to France as well, uh, quite convincingly without scoring a point, which was which, which was very difficult. And then they they had that playoff with Scotland, which they also lost, but a lot closer. But this year, there's a lot more positivity around the Welsh women. 
Yeah, especially after the Ottens, um, we definitely improved there. We won two games, didn't we? Yeah, against and then, South Africa so and Japan. South Africa, yeah, and obviously lost to Canada, who were at the time third in the world, third ranking in the world. Um, so because of that then, yes, there's a lot more positivity. The whole um, professional contracts have been has been a massive boost for Welsh women rugby then. Um, so... It's obviously going to be tough. Six Nations is back for them, so they are playing each other again, which it feels like more of a tournament as yeah. a whole, really, doesn't it? Yeah. Last year doesn't didn't feel it just felt a bit rushed, and obviously the men had a lot more. Um, can't think of a word. <laughs> a lot, well, they had, they had a lot more everything than than the women. Let's be honest about it. Yeah. They had a lot more ear time. They had a lot more, um, you know advertising there's a lot more pressure on them everything than the women exactly, and women's yeah. rugby has been shafted and luckily brushed under the carpet a bit brushed under the carpet is a very good way of putting it but they have been mm-hmm. p- brought into the, the the mind's eye a bit more by nigel walker it must be said that you know i think and he's done a heck of a lot along with other people and and the women's game as well but it had to happen let's be honest it's just finally nigel walker's done the right thing yes then um look it's it's difficult to to gauge where all the teams are because obviously a lot of these teams don't play that regularly. I think Italy. I'm struggling to see Italy have played any games or many games in the autumn. But what would do you think be a successful Six Nations for Wales? Is it getting a win? Is the is the first and foremost point? Yeah, obviously, like we saw with the Italy men's side, a win is must. That has to happen. Mm. And obviously, with the contrast, it gives more of a chance for that to happen because other players would be training in and out all the time. And obviously, they had the exposure of the autumn games as well. But, um, I think England and France are going to be quite far ahead because those two sides have beaten the old Bafferns uh, last, last autumn. And um, then it's kind of like Ireland, Scotland, then Italy or Wales, if you want to put that in the pecking order. And then... So obviously for Wales, you just got to get a win, and obviously if you've got Jasmine Joyce on your side, that's going to be a little bit easier. Yeah, anything's possible, Jasmine Joyce. You know, she is a real superstar of the women's game. There's there's no two ways about it. Um, look, I think I think the professional contracts are huge. You know, I I I actually went to school with um, Meg Jones, who then went on to play for England and uh, has played for the British. Uh, the British team at the Common, uh, the Olympic yeah. Games, sorry, and plays for Wasps now. And I, I don't know the ins and outs of the situation, but I assume for a lot of young girls coming through Wales, if you've got that allure of professional contracts with England, you're going to jump ship and go to professional contracts and go for an England team. Whereas the allure of being at Wales and not having that professional contract, having to you know, work side and side with playing must have been so difficult. I... I think Wales can get a win and personally I think that win is most likely to come at home to Scotland similar to the men's but I think this is a real opportunity for the Wales women if they can perform well throughout this tournament you know considering the the struggles of the men's side that could really help them as in I I know this sounds slightly strange but you know if one side is struggling to to then see another positive side they a lot of people could get behind them I do think England are definitely favourites after um, what you said yesterday about them 
beating New Zealand comfortably um, over the autumns. But like we have got, we do have good players with Wales, and now they are training every day um, together because they, they weren't training that often. They go into camp now and again. Now that they're training together constantly, um, it's going to be good for them to gel as a team to to make partnerships. Um, I do feel like they've made a lot of changes this time compared to the autumn, though. There's a, there's a um, few more new names. Um, the most important one, Catherine Tibaluti's sister, Cecilia. Yeah. She's on the bench um, for debut, which is really exciting. Um, that's going to be fun to see, I think, if, if she can come off. And, but she's a new name. So another another part of the the Falatau family, the Falatau of Unipola yes. to eat below two families. So that's another international on 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 the range there. Um, but yeah, it'd be great to see Wales. I think they're going to struggle first up out in Ireland. Ireland are a strong side, and at home, Ireland are always strong. It seems, but but I think without without seeming too derogatory, to get some points, to get some some sort of re- reward for the for the troubles out in Ireland will be a start. And then push on to Scotland the week after and then hopefully get a good, decent enough result at the end against Italy would be a fair assessment. Yeah. Um, yes, Din, I just wanted to mention another game that I think you and I have seen bits of, which was Cardiff Met versus Cardiff Uni. That occurred yesterday. Uh, what? What? First of all, one hell of a game, which finished thirty-four, thirty-three to Cardiff Met. Great result for them. Yeah, obviously Cardiff University would be absolutely gutted because they outscored them in tries, but the one single misconversion cost them the game. And Cardiff Met being Cardiff Met and the English Academy for Eddie Johnson's Six Nations squad <laughs> means that um, means that they progress and. The, in the competition with the narrow one-point win. Brilliant. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Academy of the England squad, bless them. Um, yeah, it, it was one hell of a result and I, I feel sorry for whoever missed the conversion because I remember when I was 10, 10 or 11, I'd have been, we were playing down in Stradley Park and we lost the game due to conversions and I've never forgiven the guy ever since. <laughs> You won't be listening, but Jack McLean, if you if you, if you miss another <laughs> conversion, I oh, missed that conversion. I never forgave him because we would have gone through to the final. But yeah, I, it's some great moments from the, that that game. Some phenomenal tries. Um, one try set up by Roma Zheng. Um, it's like Capwater esque. I think the two of us have seen it, which is he sort of skins a guy around the outside, steps the defender. The covering defender and then just gives a pass on the inside. Great composure. It is basically Andrew Kabuotsu two point and yeah, I'm gutted at the Cardiff Uni alumni. Luce, how are you feeling about that loss to our rivals? Do you remember the old days of uh, what was what was the app Yik Yak, wasn't it? Where just every joke seemed to be against Cardiff Met. <laughs> yeah, well, you you asked me last night. You were like, who do you think's won this game? And I was like, well, Cardiff Matt, obviously. They're the sports uni. So I'm not surprised. But, yeah, it's a massive kind of rivalry there. And, as yeah, as a Cardiff uni alumni, soon to be working there. Um, yeah. It's a sad loss. It's a real sad loss. We should clarify, you are not working there at all and helping the rugby team. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Which is probably a good thing. No offence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
my predictions are very much wrong at the moment. Yeah. Um, yes, then. I don't know if you fancy coaching either of the teams. Are you, are you planning to... Have you got future plans to go to either of those? Um, well, there's University of South Wales and then there's Tadsmet. I think those would be the, the top two. Yeah. Obviously, I went in with that. Obviously, I've joked about Tadsmet and launched myself into being a good squad. But, um, <laughs> but uh, no, those two are the, are the first choice, obviously, both in Cardiff. But, um, yeah, obviously, Swansea Uni is the one closer to home to me. But uh, they're doing all right at the moment. They've won. They, I think they won six or seven on the bounce before last night. I didn't see. I didn't see how they got on last night. Oh, God, uh, that's uh, not good news for the varsity. Yeah, yeah. Back in my um, athletics days at uni, we we were always beating Swansea. Sorry. We. <laughs> varsity. How, how much were you involved in that varsity, Luce? <laughs> well, my second varsity, I injured myself at the start of hundred meters, so. <laughs> I limped to the line. Because I, I distinctly remember you watching more of the varsity than taking part. Yeah, well, then, yeah. <laughs> That's a bit rich coming from me. I was not taking part at all, so I can't really comment. Um, sadly, there wasn't a singing competition, or well, at least one that I knew of. But yeah, <laughs> if there was one, I would have been on there. Um, final bit before we go, Wales Watch. We've got to mention a couple of guys playing. Jamie Roberts is starting for the first time for the Waratahs. Um, Lewis Fusamet is on the bench for Gloucester, so hopefully he can... On the bench again. Yeah, on the bench again. I, It's a, it's a really strange one, that, because mm. I think the two lads that are ahead of him are uh, Thornley and um, uh, Carreras. Now, Carreras starts quite a lot for Argentina on the wing. Uh, at fly half, sorry, I meant to say. And he's on the wing for Gloucester. And you're thinking... Well, if LRZ can't get ahead of them, then how's he going to prove himself in the national setting? Yeah. How long is his contract there? Does he have long left? I'm not sure, but however yeah. long it is, Pivak's doing all he can to get him back in Wales, that's for certain. Yes. Yeah. What, what, what do you make of the situation with LRZ, Yesin? Because on on Sunday, our, our review, we did speak about uh, all the pressures that are on him and it, it must be unbearable for such a young man. Especially after last year, when the kind of just said, "Oh, hello, I'm pretty quick," <laughs> and um, and uh, obviously this year it kind of hasn't really blossomed into the Louis Sam that we all know. Obviously, he came off the bench for Gloucester in one of the mid in one of the mid tournament games and scored an absolute crack of a try against Southampton, mm. and then he came off. Did he come off the bench against France? If I remember correctly, he, yeah, he, yeah. he obviously came off the bench against France and made a really daunting line break in the, the last couple of minutes. And on Saturday, I just—I really don't know. Just you could see that he was bursting onto things, but then he just didn't have any uh, that break where he went around um, breath, he just done him for pace. And obviously, he didn't look out for any support on on the wing. It kind of like that's not. That's not Zamet. Zamet would have either finished it or given it out. But then it's really weird. Obviously, Carreras was a winger. And Argentina thought, well, you know what? Let's kick him at 10. <laughs> and then obviously, Gloucester just don't want to uh, replace Adam Hastings or, or whoever fly off. They have. Is, it, is, it, is Hastings still there? Hastings starting at 10 uh, on uh, yeah. this weekend. 
So um, obviously they want to air us back on the position he's kind of more used to at club level. And obviously Foley's quite sharp as well. So right. really hard to, to drop one of those two. And obviously Zanis kind of got the drop this week. Yeah, it's it's tough on him. Um, and you know, it's going to be difficult for him to as we said, difficult for him to prove himself, but hopefully he can get some game time there. Opposite him for Worcester on Friday night, we've got Ashley Beck starting for Worcester, who I, I've, yeah. It's a new love. I could see Yastin smiling. Well, actually, no, we, we, we will come when on to my love, new love. Yes, we yes. will come on to my new love in a bit, but... Your, your, your new love two days ago. My new love of two oh, days ago. Two days ago, yeah. yeah. Um, but Ashley Beck, Yastin, uh, I, I absolutely love him as a player. I think you do as well. Oh, I, I can't go wrong with Ashley Beck. Yeah. Brilliant player. I was, yeah, we, were, we were talking to Marcello, um, Casali Francis, who does quite a bit of the, uh, you know, interviews the, the, the Worcester team a lot. And he said said he's a lovely bloke as well. And he just seems like such a nice guy. He's got great hands, though. Yeah, he can... Well, I remember him back in 2012, which is scary, and it's 10 years ago. Yeah. Scored in the RDS. I was like, oh, this is actually death. Obviously, got his first Welsh cap against Samoa, I think. Might have been. He was, I'm pretty Might sure he was in that awful yellow kit, whatever it was. No, I think his debut might have been when they lost against Samoa in 2012. Oh, right, okay, yeah. After the check on Alan. But um, I remember him playing in that team that lost to the Town Park Valley. He's another player. He was a, he was superb. I can't remember who they were playing. It was a couple of months ago now, but he was absolutely superb that day. He scored a try and was just brilliant in defence. Um, but there's another lad playing for Worcester, um, a young academy loose head, Ben Murphy, who's on the bench. Worcester have got horrendous injuries. I think they've got about twenty players out all all told with COVID and injuries and all sorts. So, it'd be great to see Ben Murphy get his chance for Worcester. Um, I don't think any of the other lineups are out yet. Are they loose? You know, we're looking at Japan. I don't yeah. think any of them are out. And um, they're playing on Sunday, so they'll come up tomorrow or Saturday probably, and then yeah, all the Saturday games will come up tomorrow. Yeah. Um. So we will do something on TikTok or Twitter yeah. or whatever it is. Just just keep keeping it. Something like an old man there. Yeah. Like TikTok, whatever TikTok is, this young man's game. Well, I say young man's game. You asked in yourself. You you said something like similar to that, didn't you? And you you you've recently started a TikTok account. I saw the other day. Yeah, I ventured onto TikTok. I Yeah, Twitter's obviously the most uh, 
the better um, and most important platform. Yeah, it's just... It's breaking... Yeah. Go on, Liz. Sorry. Breaking news tonight now, um, talking about TikTok, is that USC have sacked the social media agency um, over the concussion video. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a surprise. Um, came out about half an hour ago. That's a surprise that they've sacked the actual agency. But fair play. Fair play. Yeah. Well, it kind of made it what we said before about the maybe just just having someone overseeing it a bit defunct. But at least they've gone a step further, which is yeah. yeah it's it's good. It's good to see they've done serious it's a, action it's a on it. Serious situation. Yeah, it's a serious yeah. situation going on. So it had to be something had to be done. I think. Yeah. Well, wow. we've never had breaking news on the podcast before, so that's quite good. <sighs> <laughs> Um, yesterday it's been an absolute pleasure having you on really enjoyed it mate um, just just in one word what, what are you most excited for this weekend for, for in terms of Welsh rugby oh it's just obviously the Six Nations is going to be good nice to see the, the women's Six Nations back again which is also sponsored by TikTok but um, <laughs> it'll, it'll obviously be nice to see to see the four Welsh regions back obviously it wasn't a good weekend last weekend so it'll be nice to see them back see if they can Nick a couple of wins here and there. Although I wouldn't be the most confident person in the world to put anything on that. But it'd just be nice to see regionals back and everyone arguing with each other on Twitter. Yeah, that seems to be the way. And you know, anything to sort of lessen the you know normally it's arguing between countries but in wales it seems to be just arguing amongst each other about how bad things are some people think it's terrible some people think it's not as bad some people think it's like uh pvac out is the simple solution some people think it's not it's just it's just a it's it's a minefield to be fair loose any last words from you at all good luck scarlets I've never heard you so negative. We, we, we just, Come on. We just, need, we just need to win. We need to win. And mm. we should. We really should. Um, I, just, I, I want a good weekend for these Welsh regions because, like you said, there's been so much negativity about the international team and the regional team. So it'd be just nice to have some positivity from, from all the regions, not just one, because it tends to be one will have a good weekend everyone else will have a disaster, disaster and then the week after another team will have a good weekend and then it's just a story of Welsh regional rugby at the moment so yeah hopefully now we can maybe have two <laughs> teams win <laughs> that'd be a start that, that, that would be a, yeah that, that would be a start yeah um, positivity it would be um, and for me I think I, I'm sort of half proud half worried that I last week we did the whole thing of um, talking about possible coaches should Pivac go um yeah it was all hypothetical and then I think uh, Ben James and did the same thing on the Wales online and I then sort of said oh, you know these be my choices and I was quite quite interested do you, uh, out of interest who do you think got quite a bit of traction was uh Razi Erasmus and I thought oh wow oh wow that's interesting <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I'm not totally against it. We'll see. We'll have to see. Uh, Yastin, pleasure having you on. We'll have to get you on some, some other point, especially to do a, a quiz, though I'm already worried about it. Oh, no. Thank, thank you for inviting me on. Obviously, if there's another quiz that does happen, I'll be more than welcome to participate. We need to pipe Cadwin down. 
so yeah please please come on and win yeah 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 i'm a a little bit i'm a little bit cocky at the moment having won the fantasy league and won the prediction so a little bit on the cocky side um so you'll have to knock me down a peg or two um but yeah cheers for listening everyone and uh yeah just so long from me yeah